From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 389. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy. Big show today, Mike Hurley. How are you? I'm very good. I'm delivering on my promise today. You are. Um, I was a, not completely surprised, but a little surprised. And uh, we're going to be talking about your desk today after mm-hmm. we broke down my desk, what, just like two or three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And we got a bunch of good feedback on that, and now it's your turn. That's what they tell me. Well, at least that's what my <laughs> show document tells me. <laughs> and that's what the listeners want, Mike. We got everyone wanted to know what's on what's on Mike's desk, and mm-hmm. I think this is gonna be gonna be fun. Um, mostly gonna be fun for me because you get to do a lot of the talking on this episode. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those where Mike has something to say episodes. <laughs> But before I allow you to talk, Mike, I at least got to get one follow-up item in. Like, it'll take Naturally. like a minute. A minute. Um, and then we'll we'll do the mic takeover. So, uh, the Rotorings, we talked about, you know, the 600 colored editions we talked about last week. Um, I did get some of the translation from a friend. And you were talking about, is it black? Is it camo for the dark colored one on there? Um, it was actually called camouflage green mm. in the in the translation. So it is a green pen. It must just be dark, you know, maybe in that olive color way, which could look pretty good with the red. So I want to see that one in person because the picture did not do it any justice. So um, and the blue is called I translates to ion blue. Not that that means anything. And, you know, my my friend also said there is a mention of the, the Bauhaus uh, movement, which is the 100th anniversary in 2019. So I don't know if they're trying to do, you know, these these bright, vibrant colors that are were known for that artistic style. If, if they're going to do that, I'd like to see a yellow one, too, please. And uh, that would then be my number one. Roaching 600, but I don't think yellow is going to happen. But all this is to say is another uh, link came in from friend of the show, Evan, of the Roaching 600 three-in-one multi-pin. What do you think about this? Well, one thing I just want to say, I think that it's it's very funny to me how everyone's jumping on the Bauhaus train right now, which is yeah. I, I just find that kind of kind of funny. Same. The three-in-one, uh, as far as we're aware, is it three different inks? Uh, no, it should be black, red, and pencil. Okay. Is that new? Like brand new? I, I don't that recall That was it. my exact question I was going to have for you. Is this a new product from them? I'm trying to recall, and I didn't research it. Like if back in the 90s when they were kind of doing a lot more, in probably early 2000s, when they were doing a lot more variety in pens, like with all the fountain pens and stuff, did they have a, a three-in-one? And um, I'm not sure. Like I want to say they did. But I'm not confident in that answer whatsoever. Um, it, it just seems like that's something that they would have done at the time because their competition, like Lamy, was doing it at the time. And those are both similar styles. They're making it to similar effect. And I just don't know if they've ever done it before. I, I certainly haven't seen it, but I, it seems like they should have done it, right? It feels like a logical step. Maybe it was something that... that- uh, so Evan in the chat who provided the follow-up in mm-hmm. regards to this item anyway is saying that they believe that they did it in the 90s. It does yeah. feel like it would have been a natural product at some point, right? Yes, yes. Like this is what this brand should do at this particular time in this market, right? It feels correct. But at so, the same yeah. time, I mean, my also my general feeling on multi-pens is I don't know how popular they are. Like, I think they're very, mm-hmm. like, favored amongst people that need them or want them. 
mm-hmm. but I I wonder how many people like genuinely buy buy multi pens. It feels like yeah, a smaller it's a market. Small market. It is a small market, and you know for that reason you get charged a premium. I don't know how much these are going to be. I would want to see this in person. I would probably buy one of these just because I like multi pens and use them regularly. So it will um we'll see. We'll see how this is. So this is a twist mechanism on this. The Lamy is the gravity weighted, as we're talking um, in in chat. Just how the old Rotrings were the gravity system that you like, you know, where you you put the color you prefer vertically, or it's it's confusing. It you it's a horizontal, but you face the color you want up, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then click the d- click the deployment, and then that color comes out the pen. So yeah, interesting. Um, I'm not as um, pumped for these as I am the regular color 600s, but I want to see these, and I want to see how much these cost. I bet they're probably less than $100, but I bet they're more like in the $70, $80 range, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm wild guess. Yeah, more complicated because of the mechanism, right? Like, that's what, yeah, that's yeah. what makes them. A little yeah. bigger pen, a little more materials, a little more complexity, so we'll see. We'll see. Do you have one? Do you have any rotrings on your desk, Mike? Should we talk? Should we talk about this? Should we, should we just jump right in and and see what's going on on Mike's desk? I'm Probably. I'm excited for this. All right, so I sat down today. I sat at my desk. I took a look around. I started from left to right, um, and I'm going to provide you now with the breakdown. Uh, I will be putting a lot of links in the show notes. It's mostly just going to be to pens and paper materials, and I'm going to be linking to more of my pens than I did of brads because some of my pens uh are maybe not as easy to find mm-hmm. like they're not available anymore or something. so i've done the work so you don't have to if there's a pen that you want to find out also if you've ever thought to yourself what is mike's entire sailor collection <laughs> you're gonna find it out today so <laughs> so that's the one difference between you and i is you keep all of your collection on your desk i keep Almost none of my collection on my desk, if you will. Well, all of the collection depends on what you're referring to. <laughs> I keep all of a subset of my collection. Like all of my Retro yeah. 51s are not on my desk. You know, like and all gotcha. of my depends in general, they're stored away. And I'm not doing that work. Uh, that that's the, Maybe my Retro 51 collection can be catalogued for another time. But right. I do have all of my Sailor pens uh, on, on the desk here with me. Okay. So going from left to right, Theme System Journal... Use it every day. Um, mm-hmm. There are some in the air right now, Brad. Don't know where, but they're in the air. Oh, nice. That's all I know. Um, I have a cork board that I bought from Amazon. You know, like just like a cork board you'd make for a notice board. And that's where I put all of my enamel pins. Yeah, I have to do this. So this is like, like a fun thing. Somebody recommended it to me once because I just started building up this collection of enamel pins. And they were going in a drawer. It's not like stickers where you can stick them on something, right? Like, And I didn't want to put them all on like a bag because I didn't want to lose some of them because they were like cool ones or ones that meant something to me. And I only have one of them. So I ended up putting them in a cork board and I'm just slowly building up that cork board over time, which is like a nice little thing to have in the office. Yeah, friend of the show, uh, Jacqueline just did a huge office post on on Inkpothesis. I'll get you the show note link, and she had uh, the corkboard up with uh, enamel pins in it. And I, I need to get that done. Like that's just something I need um, to to have a place to store. Like I just got a fancy dancy fifth anniversary uh, relay employee pin that is just sitting yeah. on my desk, looking beautiful. But I'd like to I'd like to put it somewhere. We'll get to those. What what Brad means by that. 
uh, in a bit because there's <laughs> Was like I allowed a, to say that. You can say it, but like there's like a, I have like a whole little thing about it about not not the pin itself, but maybe I'll just start there, but I'll come back to it later. Then uh, every year with Relay FM, we send all of our hosts and like people that are involved in the company a little gift to mark the year. We send it at some point. It's it sometimes it's in the, around the anniversary of the company. Sometimes it's like a just like a year end thing. And uh, we were selling earlier this year a pin, an enamel pin of our five-year anniversary logo, which was like a blue pen pin with white, uh, like like kind of like swooshes. It's like the swooshes that go yeah, around the like R logo. Mm-hmm. We turned them into like a pinwheel. Um, and for our hosts, we had a, a gold version of that made uh, this year, just as like a thanks for having your show here kind of thing. But I have more of those types of knickknacks. 14 carat or 21 carat? I couldn't possibly say. <laughs> just don't ever go get it valued, though. Just, just okay. out of respect. Gotcha. Okay. More okay. Yeah. Else. No. What? No. No person would do that. Yeah. My on my desk was my Samsung Galaxy Fold. I just wanted to what throw it in there. You? Look, I just love technology. What do you want from me? Um, the Nanami Crossfield. I have two of those. Yeah. Um, I have one that I've been using a lot uh, over the years, and then I have a second one, which was for a, going to be for a particular purpose, but I never ended up using it for that purpose. But now I just have two of them sitting on my desk uh, with a Studio Neat tote book sandwiched in between them. Um, so I don't really know why I did that, but that's what I did. Uh, I'm going to skip over my pens because my pens kind of come next on the desk, and I'm going to move to the technology on the desk just to kind of like round that out. Um, I use a Wacom Intuos Pro. So this is a pen tablet. Um, I use this for the as my primary uh, mechanism for interacting with my computer. Like it is in the replacement of a mouse. This is how I edit. This is how I navigate around. It's much more comfortable for me over long periods of time. Um, but I like to mix things up, which is also for like comfort and RSI reasons. So I also have on the desk a Logitech MX vertical mouse. Um, since this is like you, you have it like basically your hand in like a handshake position rather than like uh, horizontal to the desk. Your hand is vertical to the desk. So I use that. I also use a magic trackpad as well. So left hand is the Wacom tablet and right hand moves between either the mouse or the trackpad. Um, and for a keyboard, I use a Microsoft Ergonomic Sculpt keyboard. And this is all sitting in front of an iMac Pro, which has a bunch of audio gear, which shows literally no point in me talking about what I use there. <laughs> I have so many questions already, but if I keep talking, we'll never get through this episode. You can ask me some questions. Ask me some questions, because I'm sure these are similar questions to what people other people have. I want you to elaborate on the Wacom mm-hmm. or the Wacom um, because I've been considering that for myself. I'm actually asking for a new mouse for my laptop input. I have the old trackpad, the old Apple trackpad, which I do not like uh, overall. And it's like, uh, it's got to be seven or eight years old at this point. It's just annoying. So I want a new input. So I'm thinking about just getting like a new magic mouse. Don't get a magic but, mouse if you're going to get a okay. mouse. If you're going to get a mouse, get the Logitech mm-hmm. MX Master 3. Okay. If you're going to get a mouse. But do you use the the Wacom for other things besides input? Like it can be used for drawing and, and other be. stuff too. Right? I don't. I mean, yeah. I, but I use it to like, it's how I edit in Logic. Mm-hmm. Like I use a, use a pen, right? And and I just find it to be very comfortable over long periods of time. Um, it's good movement in my arm, stuff like that. So I, I really recommend it. But it's also quite a large learning curve. Sure. Because, you know, you I always recommend if you're going to do it, you map the, uh, the 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 
pen tablet to the size of the screen because there are some of them you can like you know mm. how like with a mouse you don't have to like move the mouse all the way across your desk like in a kind of similar motion you could it gets like um perpetual motion like it speeds up right right you know what i'm talking mm-hmm. about you don't have to mm-hmm. do yep. massive you can do very tiny movements with a mouse to get it to go from one corner of the screen to the other but if you map the pen tablet correctly right the top right hand corner of the pen tablet is the top right hand corner of the screen and you know, mm. bottom left-hand corners. So you're moving a lot. You're moving your arms a lot for that. And that's just because it is a, especially for using it as an input device, this is the only way that it really makes sense because it can get quite confusing otherwise. Um, but you gotta, if you're going to try it, if you think that this would be of use to you, you've got to give it a couple of weeks and you've got to go all in. Gotcha. And if yeah, it, it does sound like a pretty steep curve. It is. It took me a while, and I did it out of necessity. Um, but was you've been talking about this for a while. You've been using this for a while. Like, like five I remember years. you talking about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This okay. was, this was a recommendation from Gray. This is like very early on in Cortex. We were talking about um, mm-hmm. about using pen tablets for instead of mice. Uh, but I find it I find it really good. Also, the one that I have the uh, the the Wacom Intuos Pro has a bunch of buttons on the side that you can program to do whatever you mm. want. So. I have them programmed for like different keyboard shortcuts in Logic. Gotcha. So gotcha. Nice and comfortable. All right, that's enough tech talk. Back to the pens and stationery. So I have three pen blocks that sit on my desk, <laughs> uh, all made out of wood, uh, made lovingly by listener Alan. Um, only one of them is full, and then another one is like half full. Uh, but he made them for me over the years and sent them to me, and he made a new one for me so I could put all of my sailor pens uh, one one. Uh, in one block, which I can now with space, which is lovely. Um, and Alan sent me this for uh, kind of around the fifth anniversary of Relay, which is really nice. He sent me the third one. The previous ones, there's a picture on my Instagram somewhere of like a, one that says Mike was right and one is a Relay FM logo, and Alan made those for me. Um, mm. And then they also made this large, like long one as well, which I'm currently using. And I'm going to go through all of the pens in all of these. So. We'll start at the far left uh, with, with the Brooks Primary Manipulation Eastman pen made by Sean Newton. So That's this a lot is, of words. I know, it's a lot, but it's primary manipulation material, which is like, uh, I think it's like version two, I think I have, or version one. The mine is like majorly green and very layered um, because there are multiple versions of a, a blank that uh, Jonathan Brooks has made called primary manipulation. Um Brooke, Jonathan made the rods and Sean Newton bought a bunch of them from him. And then I ordered a pen from Sean Newton, which is the Eastman model, um, which is like, it's it's just like a tube with like flat ends. And I, I like it. Like, I love it. I love looking at this pen. I love looking into this pen. Like it has depth yeah. to the material, which is very special. And I like the more recent primary manipulation as well, which I think is mostly like a lot of purples and blues. I really love it, but I'm I'm very happy that I also got this version because I really like the green uh, a lot. Uh, this is followed up by another pen, which I mentioned. I think I mentioned this last time, actually. The Arushi mm-hmm. pen that Jonathan Brooks made for me and you. I mentioned it very recently on the show. Yes, yes. Um, so this is the one that he gave us a couple of years ago in Atlanta, um, which also features the Pen Addict logo on the nib, which is very special. Yeah. 
that pen should never go uninked on my desk. And I, I, I tend to store it away. Then you just like anything else, you have all these things. Like we're going to go through a huge list of products here. Sometimes you, you just forget when you get into like these cycles of filling and refilling fountain pens. And sometimes I'll set that to the side and forget to ink it up. That one should be a permanent fixture on my desk. That reason is why I have so many pens on my desk because mm-hmm. I force myself to use different pens every day. So yeah. like when I do my journaling, I've mentioned this before, but I use two pens, one to write headers and one to do the actual writing in, and I never use the same pen two days in a row. Yep. And so that that's like a nice little trick for me to be using my whole like collection that I care the most about. So, um, A pen that has remained on my desk that I think will be a surprise to many people is the Namisu Ixion. Yeah, I almost called you out on this one. Why? Well, no, no as, as an outlier. Not, oh, not right, a, yeah. You know. I got the blue one with uh, the uh, brass, I think it is, like uh, grip. Yeah, and, and right. Like the finial and stuff. I think we got the same one. We did. And I, we got it from Kickstarter. They're still right. available. I just really like it. Like, I can't even... I, yeah. I don't have any other pens that look like this one, which is nice. And I like the... And it's got a, it's got a Bach nib on it, which is like a broad... Right. Which is just, it works very well. It's, it's a very nice writer. Um, and I, I like it a lot. I don't really have a lot of pens at this kind of weight anymore um, because it's made of aluminium and brass, right? So, like, it's got some more weight to it. Uh, and I like the colors. The blue and the brass, I think, go really nicely together. I've just never desired to put it away. Yeah, I mean... The reason why you and I ordered it is because it looks so different and it looks great. It just left a, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth because of their the Kickstarter slowness, the uh, nib failures that they had during the process. Yeah, so I was very lucky. I didn't get any special treatment. I yep. backed it, and the one I mean, we spoke about it at the time. I had no problems of mine. It was what wrote like a dream, but I know a lot of people did, and it was. I always found it a shame because I thought it was such a great pen and was was marred by controversy i guess yeah which is it really it's just it was just more like manufacturing issues manufacturing is hard right yeah but it was controversial within the people that backed it at least yeah yeah and i'm not i can't recall how they handled it you know maybe there was some some drama there but anyway Mm -hmm. yeah i was surprised to see this on the list so uh good though i i'm I'm glad you like that pen because it's a good looking pen i like them too i have a couple of their pens and i think they do a good job uh, two Retro 51s live on my desk. Currently, I have the Pastel Shiba, which is the current Pen Addict Limited Edition, which I believe there's still a small number for sale. Yep, there's still plenty left for sale. Um, it's funny that this one's in here because I use mine all the time. I'm actually using it today. It's in my hand right now. I did not know this was on your list, but I use this pen all the time. I love this pen. Yeah, so, I, I rotate I'm, I'm out my, my Retro 51s to pretty much on newness um, mm-hmm. but there'll be one or two that'll stick around for a while and this one will because it's I love the colors. Um, and yep, also, I think that's my favorite. The Retro 51 Chiopino. Just because is that this one. Just... Is this the, the rollerball or the fountain mm-hmm. pen? This is the rollerball, right? Yeah, it's the rollerball. I don't have the fountain pen. Cool. Yeah, anyway. That's a wild pen. That's a good pen. It's a beautiful pen. Like, it's I will just... never own that pen, but it is a good pen. It's a beautiful pen for someone like me, right? Like, this, yep. it's like, how much more beautiful can a Retro 51 be? Not much more. <laughs> Uh, the Pilot M90. Oof. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I pick up this pen and I'm like, you know what? You are the best pen ever made. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it, it's this thing where it's like, it makes me so sad that people can't use it. <laughs> it is like 
the purest fountain pen. You're not getting any disagreement from me on any of anything you say about this pen. Like, because when I use it, I'm like, you shouldn't be good because the way in which this pen is made, and if you're not aware, the body of the pen and the fountain pen nib are the same piece of metal. There is no break in the body and the nib. And that feels like it would be something so prone to being made in a poor way or so prone to being damaged that it almost feels impossible that it could work. But somehow it does. And it is absolutely flawless in its design. It's one of the most beautiful pens that I own, but it is also, I think, in my collection the most consistent performing pen that I own. I can leave it just sitting there, tip in the air for like a month. I pick it up and it starts writing. It is an absolutely fantastic pen. I think this probably applies if you also find the Mayu, which are basically the same pen. Yeah. The M90 was a anniversary pen, which was evoking the design of the Mayu. Right. Would you say this is your favorite pen? It is top three for sure. Okay. Just because I've had it for so long now and it's not perfect. The design is not perfect. I don't like the M90 sure. that's written on it and I don't like the little jewel in the sure. in the cap. But it's but as a just as when you uncap that pen, it's just like Show me something that looks better than that. Right. I don't think you can. Yeah. Uh, Platinum 3776, nice lavand. I can never get this one right. It's the lavender one. They mm-hmm. made a pink one and a purple one. I have the purple one. Um, and this is one of the 3776s and it only has color. It also has like ridges in it. And what I like about this one is the ridges are straight. Uh, so it doesn't pr- it doesn't give any weird feeling when you hold the pen. Um, it was my first 3776. My second is still unknown of its current place in the world. <laughs> oh, no. I forgot about that. Yeah, we, quick, we have not. Quick follow-up. Yeah, we have chased the the uh, distributor, and they mm-hmm. have not replied to the email. So not sure. not looking good so far for my very expensive Platinum Galaxy. Uh, but It's we'll just going to end up back on your doorstep. And when you, un, un, you won't know that it's going to arrive. And when you go to unbox it, you will not know at the time if it has been repaired or not. Correct. This is very correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the first, the first Pro Gear makes its appearance now, which is <laughs> one of my very favorites. It's the fifth anniversary Bungbox Pro Gear. This is the, this is the first Pro Gear that I think I hunted down. Uh, of limited editions. I was after two of them. One of them I got a version of, which we'll talk about later, but this was another one that I was really hunting down. This is the pen, which is gold. The body is gold. The grip section is made of metal, and the cap is matte black. <laughs> this one has so much. It has all the things on one pen. Oh, and then it comes with the matching ink, the gold. And then the barrel is sparkly. The barrel's also sparkly. I forget that. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Yeah, I have this one. This too. one is just, it's absolute. I, you know, 
Not that I ever would, I think, part with any of my... Also, the, the nib is black. Not that I also not think that I will part with any of my sailor pens, but this mm. is one you would have to pry from my dead hands. Because like, <laughs> it was also one that I worked very hard to, to try and track down. Yep. Uh, the Aurora Optima Violet Flex. Um, this is a pen that I have a complicated relationship with um, because I can get it to write about 20% of the time, hmm. but when it does, it's fantastic. See, I have the exact opposite experience mm. because we got these at the same time, right? Yep. Like I got my gray one. This was uh, our gift from uh, Fountain Pen Hospital, which just to this day knocks my socks off. Can't, yeah, I, I, that's why one of the reasons I keep it on my desk because it has such con- like fun memories for me. And my, I was meh on the pen, it's mainly because of the nib. I already like the Optima. But mine is just glorious. I love writing with that pen, and mine writes all the time. So yeah, I'm I'm curious about yours. That's one of those pens I may want you to just hand off to me next time you see me, and then see what's up. Yeah, I don't know if like the flex nib is problematic for me. Um, Could be, but it, there's something about it. Just it just just doesn't work the way I would want it to. Mm-hmm. And the way I would want it to is every time I want to use it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a there is a because I'm talking about like the completeness of my collection here. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about it now, there is a pro gear somewhere in the house that is not on my desk, uh, mm-hmm. which is the orange jet. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's one I did, of the I skipped that ones. one, but that's a great one. The Mandarin Mandarin orange jet is the is the pen so i'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can can see it um but that's one that that i lent to adina so she could try out the pro gear a bit more and that has very clearly made its way into her personal collection because it it lives with the other pens in her pen case now so <laughs> we'll have to get her back on in January and see where she's at. Um, I've, I've gotten yeah. a, a request here recently. Like uh, people say, um, you know, Brad, Mike, I, I love you, but Adina needs to be on the show more. So we'll get her back. Yeah, on I was talking to her year. about that a couple of days ago, actually, that we would do yep. it sometime next year. We'll get um, that done, listeners. I have the King of Penn 1911 Royal Tangerine. Mm. So this is the, the orange... Uh, 1911 but the the king of pen size so the larger size um i have the pro gear slim magic of alice which is one of my more recent acquisitions which is one of the limited edition uh bung box pens this is the second third bung box pen uh, that i've mentioned so far in this list i have the uh, sailor 1911 highlighter pen which i picked up at uh, in toronto at wonder pens do they like was box. this one was the the yellow? Do they only do it in yellow? I think, or is it? It's not green, is it? It's more green and yellow. To my is it eyes. green? Okay, okay. Yeah, it's that green highlighter ink, and and it comes with come with a highlighter ink which I don't use. Um, it's just filled with like a I think key lime pie. The um, <laughs> KWZ ink is it KWZ? Yep. Uh, I think that might be Oster, but I'm not. Positive. No, remember we got the four, the sweet ones. That the, 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 there was like a key lime pie, and we got those in in San Francisco. And it sounds like, like something Monteverde would do. Monteverde, that's it. They're, they're the yeah. ones that were like made of like candies and stuff and desserts. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So we've got the key lime pie, one of those in, in there. It's like a great pairing. Uh, I have the Japan Blue Pro Gear. This is the one that was like wrapped in steel and hammered. Oh, yeah. Smallpox pen. 
The smallpox pen. I think you can still buy these. That just shocks me. Uh, well, they made a second run of them. Oh, okay. And I think that's that a that, great pen. It had less fanfare to it, maybe. Mm-hmm. But the shape is so different on those. Yeah. Like I, I appreciate the material. I, I love, I love it because of the materials that they used. The shape is different. Mm-hmm. I adore it. I, I adore it too. Yeah, it's great. Uh, another newer one is the Pro Gear Sparkling Royal Purple, which is what I'm using today, which I got from Pensachi, which I think is also a Wancha one. But I believe Pensachi that's correct. Pick it up because the, the the blue Pro Gear was from Wancha too. And then I have the 1911 Standard Royal Tangerine. So I have two Royal Tangerines: the King of Pen and the the regular 1911 size. So I want to say one thing about the King of Pen Royal Tangerine. That one might end up being a long-term regret on my part. Not oh, yeah? Either not picking up that one or oh. the... I think they did Fresca they at did. the same time. Those are really cool looking from someone who it's... likes the King of Pen. Um, and I remember, you know, when you got that in Atlanta and other people picked them up in Atlanta earlier this year... And I was like, boy, that is, again, better than I thought it would be. It's just, I mean, it's a very expensive pen. You just can't, you know, on a whim. You get, I, I need to think about that. And you think about it long enough, it goes away, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's a cool pen. Like, if I could reach through and grab any pens off of your desk right now, I'd, I'd grab the Tangerine and Magic of Alice probably right there and just, just steal them away from you. So far. I also have the Pro Gear Slim San Francisco Pen Show Special Edition, which to me, looks like the pen that Spider-Man would own. Totally the Spider-Man pen. That's, what, right? that's how I think of it. And I have the, um, uh, the, the, the converter on the inside has the Golden Gate Bridge paint on it. Yeah. Which is really that's nice. Awesome. That's a nice touch. We're about halfway through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just the pens. Uh, so let's take a break and thank Squarespace for the support of this episode. You can make your next move with Squarespace. They'll let you easily create a website for your next idea. They can give you a unique domain name. You can customize award-winning templates to make your work shine and so much more. No matter what it is you want to build a website for, Squarespace has the tools you're going to need. It's an all-in-one platform to let you build it. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade. Don't worry about any of the back-end stuff. They take care of all of this for you and they have 24-7 customer support in case you need any help when using the Squarespace system. They have functionality for blogs, for portfolios, for businesses, for events. You can create an online store with Squarespace. You can sell physical or digital goods and they have all the integrations there that you're going to need. Brad runs multiple online stores through the Squarespace platform. Yeah, I actually have some comments about that. Okay. uh, You want me to go now? Yeah. They, I don't know what's in the water over there, but they have ramped up the add-ons and updates to the retail platform exponentially like over the past month so i've just gotten an email like in the past week or so about um new commerce features like i can put in the wish list now and i can put in similar products which we've had in the past but we did in our own hacked way to make it work so they have all these features that they just rolled out and it's it's awesome they make my life so much easier so look for those to be integrated on the notco website soon so that's really good because uh that helps you make your store more professional, right? Yeah, totally, totally. Like a waiting list is something we've wanted since the beginning, right? Mm. Because we often sell out of products. And then when I restock it, you know, it's hard for me to communicate with customers 
um, other than just keeping a list and emailing them when it's ready. Now I'll be able to integrate that in the in the site. So yes, it took them a while to get there, but they are actively working on it. And this was like, those were like two of like the six or eight things that they just implemented. Like it's a, all kinds of stuff I got to go through and, and get in place. So, so it's not just stores. You can create any type of website with Squarespace. I mean, it, we've, we've done it. Brad has blogs there. I have our blogs there. I, the theme system website's there. For good reason. I bought, I bought new domains on Monday, Mike. My ideas are flowing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Watch out. Watch out, Squarespace. Brad's coming for you. <laughs> Squarespace.com slash penaddict. You can go there and sign up for a trial with no credit card required. Their plans start at just $12 a month. And when you decide to sign up for a plan, use the offer code penaddict and you'll get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show. Once again, that's Squarespace.com slash penaddict and the code penaddict for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of Relay FM, Squarespace. Make your next move make your next website so the the other i mentioned the the uh, gold uh bung box pro gear um i was hunting down this pen at the same time that i was hunting down what i what i was looking for was the pro gear pink love mm-hmm. which was a sparkly pink pen uh that bung box had done just around the time that I was looking for it, they released the follow-up to that pen called the Sweet Love, which is by and large the same pen uh, with some slight coloring changes, uh, which was great for me because I just wanted a pen that was pink and sparkly and was a Sailor Pro Gear, and I was able to get it there. So that one's enough a favorite of mine. Yeah, it's great. I have the Pro Gear that started it all, just the standard orange Pro Gear, like that you could any you know it's not a uh, special edition of any kind just one of the regular colors you can buy that i bought at my first atlanta pen show oh nice that was when i bought that because i remember you i remember that yeah, you yeah, showed yeah. it to me the first night because we'd been duping talking about it and i wasn't sure about it and i tried it out and i was like oh this is amazing and i bought one at the pen show that year. <laughs> i have the pro gear slim purple cosmos cosmos which is just like a dark purple pen with some sparkles in it it's actually a really nice pair with the sweet love because they That's look very a great similar. Great pen, absolutely um, great pen. Yeah, people seem to really like that one. I mean, I like yep. it, but I don't I, like. I have ones that I like way more. Uh, but I like the pairing of the Sweet Love and the Purple Cosmos together. Yep. Um, my only Rialo that I have, which is the uh, piston filling system of the of this in the Sailor line, is a black Pro Gear Rialo. It's my only like kind of boring looking uh, Pro Gear. Or sailor pen because it's just all black but with some gold but furniture bought for the filling system bought for the filling system because i didn't have one and i wanted to try mm-hmm. it out and i really love it and i wish they would do more of them um yep. i have the okay so we've explained this before but there's a company called nagasawa is that the name mm-hmm. of the company yeah it's just think of it like van s pens or whatever i believe yep. okay and they they have the ability to work with sailor and change the branding of the pens <laughs> i don't know why they can do this, but they can. And so the Nagasawa pens, they don't have Sailor printed on them. They have Nagasawa printed on them. And I think they have slightly different names. But I have what is essentially a Pro Gear Slim made by Nagasawa. It's called Apricot. And it's like a really mm-hmm. light orange color with some sparkles in it. And then I also have another pen from Nagasawa, uh, which was to commemorate the anniversary at the port of kobe i think it was the 150th anniversary but this isn't a pro gear it is a la cool la cool la cool yeah because it's a steel nib 
Right. But it looks like a Pro Gear Slim, but it's clearly a cheaper version of that type of pen. But it's blue right. and white, it's and I really nib. like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that is all of the Sailor pens. <laughs> Uh, I then Are you have... sure? Because you missed one on the list. The purple demonstrator Gear Slim. I don't even know what this is. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I missed that one. Yeah, this is just <laughs> a... This is one of my Pensachi purchases at the same time that I got the Nakasawa Gear. It's just a purple oh, is this the demonstrator gold trim one? gold trim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. that one's sharp. Which is very nice. Very bright. Yeah, I like that one. Um, it was just like a different... It just looked very different. And I think it was when I... I remember when I made a, a bunch of orders at Pen... Asachi wondering if they would ever yes. arrive. Yeah, that was yeah, one of them. Because yeah. it was like a good price. It was like $100 or something. It was like, just like a yeah. really good price. Yeah, I then have four Canalea pens. Woof. So I have the Aolani, the Haleakala Silhouette, the Hanuama Bay, and the Maui Makai. That's a good group. Yep. They're like sitting on the on a block, which is slightly higher than the other ones. It's like these four Hawaiian mountains just like mm-hmm. hanging That's out cool. over there. Yeah, so I just have the the Hanama Bay now, but that Haleakala is is has grown on me from the day it was released. Yeah, I, I every week my favorite of those four changes. Sure. Um, I have the Rotaring six hundred Lava Mechanical Pencil, which yeah, made its nice. way back onto my desk after we spoke about it a week or two ago. Uh, I have the Spoke Pen Joker Edition, which is my favorite of the Great Spoke pen. Pens. Great pen. Great pen. Uh, I have the white and copper Mark One, so the white body with the copper knock. It's my favorite uh, colorway of the Mark One. I have the Lamy Safari Pikachu Edition in the Pokeball stand. <laughs> this is one of the greatest collaborations ever, and yeah. I say that as I'm not a um, fan of you know Pikachu or Pokemon or anything like that, but it's just extremely well done. It's and it's just it's just great. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big big fan of it. Um, mm-hmm. I need to do some maintenance to mine. Like uh, the I checked it the other day, and the ink inside of it's crusted up a little bit. But I can take care mm. of that. It's not it's yes. Not that bad. Please do. I'm gonna. I have another one though. I have two. It's not that bad. Famous last words. It's not that bad. Uh, <laughs> the sky at night. Jonathan Brooks pen with the matching. Oh yeah, stand. I forgot about that one. Yep, that one's sitting there. Uh, I it was my first one from Brooks Pen from the first time I met him at the Atlanta Pen Show. Bought the pen with a matching stand and then accidentally named the material. <laughs> I wonder if he could mix that up again, Jonathan. Yeah, I don't. I so, don't know if he still if he can or does still make it. I'm not sure because it was a it was a material that he used for a while. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that was a few years ago. Many years ago, the spoke pencil in the stand, spoke pencil model Shh. four. Such a good pencil. Yep. I have the Good Made Better Penwell uh, f- to put my pens in when they're in use. And also, um, I don't remember who gave us these at the San Francisco Pen Show, but it's like a little glass pen rest that you can pour ink yes. into. Yes. That thing is wild. And I forget his name, but he walked around and he handed it something. He's like, hey, I made this. And we were both like, what is this? Neither of us smoke crack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it so- looks like. <laughs> But it's this. It's basically a blown glass pen rest that has a tiny hole in it, and you can fill it with an ink or liquid of your choosing to match. You know, if you if you have an orange pen, you can put an orange ink into this pen well and it's, uh, the pen rest, and it's just cool. I have Emerald of Chivor in here. Oh, nice. So Quadrapod is apparently who who gave us those um, mm. 
those Thank pinwheels. You, so we'll find a we'll find a link if we can find a link to that because it it knocked my socks off. It's really cool. Yeah, it's like a fun it's like a fun little thing, isn't it? Yep. Really. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, I have a Studio Neat panel book, which is what I'm taking my notes on right now. I have a Pen Addict members poker chip. Mm-hmm. Sits on my desk. I have various other Relay FM host gifts. So the first one we ever did was a wooden block, which we had Mike Dudak help us with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dudak has actually helped us make two of the host gifts. Yep. Um, I have a action figure, which is customized to look like me that my brother bought me for my 30th birthday, which is awesome. <laughs> it's like That's a wrestling awesome. action figure. And it's like this per- they found this person who like makes custom ones. That's so really cool. I have a fidget spinner. Uh, because that's who I am. Absolutely. I have the James Brand Folsom knife, which I've mentioned, which I mentioned a long time ago on this show. Yeah, I, re- refresh my memory. How did that one get into the country? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a British because, brand. No, the James Brand is out of Portland. Oh well, I don't know. I actually ordered it and they sent it to me. Nice. So I, I don't know why I had in my mind that this isn't a, a British company. I think it's just the name James. Because it says James Bond. Well, close. James Bond knife. Close. Mm-hmm. And the Studio Neat Material Dock, which is what I put my phone into. Just the phone one. I don't think they make that one anymore. It's not it, wild it has, charging. It's made to have the charger run through, right? And you can stand it. How mm-hmm. does that work? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just That's like a little block of wood. With a cork rest on the back, and it just keeps the phone like in an upright position, but with the uh, lightning port plugged into it still. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, let me tell you something. I would mm. sit at this desk. It's a good I would desk. sit at this desk. It's a good desk. Yeah. I use an um, IKEA desk, a corner desk, an IKEA corner desk, in case you're wondering. Mm, cool. I wasn't, but thank you anyway. Not you. Um, oh, you said Never. you. Well, it was the royal you. Mm. That's y'all. <laughs> so if you have the royal we and like the southerners, you. I will say like just big picture comparing your desk to my desk. I have an insane amount of paper on my desk that you do not have. And do not I have. Wish I, had, I wish I had your, uh, your paper yep. uh, skills. I have five so, uh, total paper products on this desk. Yeah, I think mine has a zero after the five, the mm. way I remember it. Mm. That's not good. Mm-mm. So that is my desk. Wonderful. Love it. I'm glad you did this. Thank me you. Me too. So thank you for pushing me to do it. It was fun. Yeah, to yeah, it's super fun. Super fun. All right, we are going to talk about the top 10 stationary products of the decade. Oof. Because it feels like the right time to do it. But before we do that, let's talk about our friends over at Harry's. The holiday season is upon us. This is a time where everybody needs to think of a million gift ideas for the special people in our lives. Don't resort to cliches. Don't get the presents that people can't use. Don't get the presents that you're not interested in. Don't just buy socks, right? I'm sure there's tons of people out there who will agree with me. You want, you want fun stuff, fun stuff you can use, fun stuff that will bring you joy. This is something what Harry's can do. If you want a gift for someone this year that they can have fun with, they can enjoy, they can use every day, that they're going to be happy to use, you should give them something from Harry's. Harry's razors are thoughtful and practical. Their products are super well made. The ordering process is really simple. And they have special products for the holidays. And so you're all set. 
They make sharp, durable blades that last, and they are backed by a 100% guarantee. And refills are as low as $2 each. They have holiday sets starting at just $20, which could even be a great idea for Secret Santa if you're feeling generous. They come in a ready-to-gift box, and 1% of every sale is donated to charitable organizations, so your gift gives back. Brad, are you going to be using Harry's this holiday season? (laughs) I use Harry's every day, Michael. I'm sure you do. Um, You know what sparked joy about my Harry's experience, Mike? So I use the shave cream, which comes in a tube. Mm -hmm. And the tube, whatever they use on the interior lining or coating of that tube, allows you to get every last drop of that shave cream out of that tube. And I appreciate that. That is a joyous experience for me, Mike, that there's no waste in those tubes, which other products certainly have. And uh, I just wanted to thank Harry's for um, their inner tube lubrication materials. That is good. Mm -hmm. That's what you want. Um, Harry's stuff is really great, as we mentioned, for the holidays. And it's a special offer for listeners of this show. You can get $5 off any shave set, including their limited edition holiday sets, when you go to harrys.com slash penaddict, and you'll get free shipping as well. Each Harry's shaving set comes with a weighted handle with an option to engrave, five-blade razor cartridges, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, travel cover to protect your blades, and it's all packaged in a handsome holiday gift box. Free shipping ends on December 16th. So act now. That's harrys.com slash penaddict, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash penaddict. Our thanks to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I saw this post in Refill, and you published it on your blog as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I was really surprised and pleased that you did it, which is in your in the, the mind of the penaddict, which, you know, can there be any greater <laughs> mind? What are the top 10 stationary products of the last 10 years? years it's a big ask to sit down and work that one out <laughs> it kind of was i mean it, it definitely was you know it's we've all seen the end of the decade post come out mm-hmm. you know the books and the movies and the music and everyone's got a list and like i like lists um i don't do them that often but you know when i do i try to make them fun and and functional and you know i still keep getting asked about the top five updates list and i was like boy i, I really need to work on that and then in, like one night several weeks ago it hit me. I was like, "Well, what if I could pick like the best pens of the decade?" I was like, "Well, that doesn't seem like enough. That doesn't that doesn't feel right, you know, to have it just be pens. You know, what if I just picked out like my favorite stationary products, like individual products of the past 10 years?" You know, and I was thinking that because the blog's been up since 2007, actually the anniversary will be 12 years in like two two and a half weeks. The blog will have been up for 12 years. So I was like, well, I've got 10 years worth of stuff here or more than that. Um, I bet I could come up with, you know, enough products that really changed either how I thought about a type of product or how changed how I use certain products I already own or move the needle in the marketplace. And I felt like I had, you know, a good enough grasp on the entirety of that to be able to talk about it. And I was like, well, what, what would this post look like? So several weeks ago, I just started making a list. Like if I was picking out the top 10 stationary products of the decade, what would those products be? And I didn't pull up the website or anything. I just kind of sat, sat and had a think, right, Mike? Um, and just made a list of, of products. And I was like, 
this is a pretty good list. Like these are some products that have made a difference that have been, you know, in many cases, you know, longstanding products and why not write about them and see what we think. Um, and I did it from the perspective of this is my list, right? Like me personally, like what did I enjoy? What did I think made a difference, uh, make a difference, you know, in the past 10 years. And it was really fun to put together. And, um, yeah, I just I just had a blast doing it. So uh, should this is we, not should a we... ranked list, is it? No, it's not ranked at all. Ten so, yeah, I didn't think I could rank it because there's there wouldn't be any substance. I didn't feel behind the ranking number, right? Like I, I mentioned in the intro, like what does it mean to you if I rank a wooden pencil number three and a bottle of ink number six? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And I just don't think it means anything. Well, you could have ranked them in like their impact or like you could have at least attempted to do that, right? Like that that could have been a way to rank them. But again, that would have been quite nebulous. Yes, because when you look at the list and impact is a great way to put it, you know, one of the items on the list, the first item on the list, and we'll talk about them all, the Blackwing 602 pencil. There's a lot of reasons. From 2011. Mm -hmm. 2011 there are a lot of reasons why this is impactful and it's a product i use but if you jump down the list you know one of the products that is impactful is the uh the platinum 3776 kumpu and we'll talk about why in a minute but that's not a product i own right so how do you rank that numerically yeah and impact when one of those products i think fits on this list but i don't even own it right so you know i think it's cool I, i i so that's why i didn't want to put a number down on them um because these are all like number ones right that's it's a full list of number ones yeah especially is what you, it is. you did select a bunch of different types of things which is good yeah too. yeah yeah so um let's just start at the top I, I listed them alphabetically so the blackwing 602 which i just mentioned this was important because i think it kind of changed the landscape of what we think about good pencils right it changed even though there was you know nice pencils out before these black wings like you know a lot of the japanese brands were making really exquisite pencils like tombow and mitsubishi that were a step or three above what you consider just your basic school pencil and then the black wing acquisition and spin up of the new company and the new brand just kind of you know, turned everything up to 11 in the pencil world and made people sit up and, you know, think about woodcase pencils as a good choice for an everyday writing instrument where they would have just considered, you know, pencils to be for kids in the past and that used at schoolwork instead of, you know, used in the office for your daily tasks like we would normally use a pen. So, um, and it was also an interesting story at the time because there was a lot of drama behind it. We won't go into all the in-depth of the things and links that you can go read in the post, but, you know, it was, you know, and I, I think rightfully dramatic at the time, but it's, it's turned out to be a really good thing for the stationary world, in my opinion. We said we come to this, the Bung Box Sailor Pink Love from 2016 so it was the first one and then i got the sweet love which was effectively the same it's like a darker pink though um, yeah this really started the limited edition fever right to me it did right i to, think it did when, to many people yeah to my p- 
paying attention of that market, and that's why it's important. It, this was far, far, far from the first limited sailor pen, right? But it was the one that made me realize that these different companies are doing these highly specific releases in super limited fashion. And I wanted to be a part of it. And it's like, how do I how do I be a part of it? Right. That's when we started to look to Japan for these highly customized pens where before we were just kind of taking what we were given. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, if we were allowed to buy the pen in the U.S. or Europe, you know, those are the pens we would buy Mm -hmm. where this pen was never accessible to us before. But as always with the Internet, where where there's a will, there's a way. And this was the pin that kind of kicked off that um, that whole scenario for me, just getting into these highly specialized, custom, tiny shop, tiny release-based pins. You know, there were a hundred of these pins made. And I just remember, like, I had to have this pen. And, you know, like, a hundred it down, like you were talking about earlier. And... um. And yeah, I, I'm glad I did, and it just kind of opened up the door to everything else. And I think it was just kind of that that flagpole moment where I realized how much is really out there that I had no idea about. So next up, it's similarly, I think, the Jeoban Emerald of Chivour, and as you rightly call it, the Shimmerink that started a revolution. Yeah, a lot of these products are far from the first product that did a thing, right? You know, this is not even close to the first Shimmer Ink, but this is the Shimmer Ink that made everyone sit up and pay attention to what a Shimmer Ink could be. Like, even J. Herbon's releases before this one were just kind of boring. Like, they were just like a flat blue with silver or red with gold, and they were just kind of basic looking, and it's like, well, why do I want to clog up my pen for just the regular old blue ink and sprinkle some glitter in it. And then Jay Herbon just dropped this out of the sky. And you look at these ink pictures and swatches and swabs and letters and how this ink behaved on the paper. It was like, Oh, that's different. And I think it was, I, I mean, I think it was pretty clear that it, it, uh, turned a corner for Shimmer Ink. And ever since then, that whole market, that was about the time, so this was 2015, that was about the time that Shimmer Ink market took off when people saw this. And then, you know, a bunch of companies were making it already, but it this allowed them to be, I think, a little bit more free and open in experimentation of colors and shimmer and, you know, how the ink behaved on the page and what it looked like and how just kind of fancy it could be right this is a fancy ink (laughs) and it just it looks cool it looks pretty it um and that's why everyone kind of latched onto it and i really think that was a turning point um so there was there this was one of the first items that i wrote down on my list as you know this has to be one of the top products of the decade just because of what it did to the shimmer ink market why is the Kaveco Little Put Fire Blue on this list? Because <laughs> I love this pen. And uh-huh. I remembered. <laughs> so this is a me list, right? So Kaveco have been making pocket pens forever. I mean, hell, since the early, mid-1900s. And I don't know when the Little Put first came out, like in the aluminum barrel. It's been, it's been a while. But 
this pen, I just had this fond memory of how hard this pen was to buy at the time it launched. I don't know if that's a necessarily a fond memory from everyone because people who wanted it couldn't get it at the time. And it was such a unique pen, the way it was torched. Um, so it's a steel pen that was flamed, right? You take a, a high-powered, like basically like a mini blowtorch and torch the pen. And I had the little anecdote of, you know, Michael Gutbele sitting at his desk using a 600-degree flame. That's what that was. That was Kaveco. The CEO of Kaveco. That was Kaveco's party line. And that just makes me crack up. Like, that just, it's it's silly. But, you know, that's where the marketing comes in. And a lot of these pens and or products on this list, like the J. Herbon, a lot of them have a marketing aspect to it, right? That's why they kind of turned turned it up on these different product lines and i just thought that this was kind of like the beginning of the flame torch thing right everyone does like a flame torch thing now and it's pretty popular and it's pretty pretty hot um to to do that in in your product lineup and this was kind of the first and this was just like a fun and somewhat funny with the story behind it and to this day is still a pen that i use frequently and that's another aspect of a lot of these products a lot of these products i use them or something closely related to them all the time for years and have just they've withstood the test of time and in in some uh cases uh, a decade so yeah i just think this is a fun uh pen to have on this list because of all the different things that were involved with it and as a man with two of these sitting on his desk i clearly agree with the nanami 7c's crossfield journal yeah, this seemed like an obvious one that had to go on the list because when the Tomoe River paper came out, when the fountain pen users started saying, have you tried the Tomoe River paper? And people are going, how do you spell that? What is this? What is this paper? And how do I get it? And it, you know, it makes my inks behave in these crazy ways and it looks beautiful, but it was inaccessible. And when we first got Tomoe River paper in the US, it was just like in loose sheets, like you could get some loose sheets for it no one was making notebooks for it um certainly these big notebooks that uh nanami was making with the seven seas journals they were doing an a5 bound journal that was 400 pages of tomoe river and i remember once that launched everyone was just basically queued up to get them and to this day they still have trouble keeping stock of these items i get emails all the time it's like do they ever get more in and now there's at least options out there right now. Everyone makes a Tomoe River paper, but this mm-hmm. was the first one that I recall being at least moderately widely available to where we could click on a website and go buy a really nice notebook. And like like I just said with the Kaveco, it's withstood the test of time. It's kind of, you know, it's not the biggest, it's not the brightest, it's not the fanciest, but it's just really good, right? It's the workhorse. It's the one that kind of started all of these things. So um, it was very, very cool to see them do that and uh, have these available and expand on the lineup and sell out of them all the time. It was very cool. <sighs> Pen Taipei. <laughs> it has okay. to make the list, right? I agree. It is a very important product in the history of Kickstarter and pens, right? Like mm. if, if anything other than that's the reason, right? Like it is. it was a big success at the time. It Everybody learned a lot from the way everything unfolded, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like a complicated production. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is like on the Mount Rushmore of Kickstarter projects, I think. Right, and it was like one of the first times that we all kind of collectively realized not everything is you know roses and rainbows. You know, um, this was an ugly campaign, and you know I've gotten to know I've never met uh, Sayway and and Taylor in the beginning. I, I mean I've never met them in person, um, but I've known them since the beginning, and we we've talked online. I've I'd call them friends. But man, this was such a dramatic event in the pen community that I felt it had to be in there because they weathered the storm and they came out better for it and have made even better designs than what this pen is, right? So I use the pen type B all the time. That's one of my favorite favorite. Um so yeah, like and I and I also thought this was a great addition to the list, not just for the story and the product, but this was in 2011 and maybe a lot of our new listeners and readers to the blog have never heard of this at all. And it was just such a turning point in the community as a whole in the way Kickstarter pen projects were viewed um, in the way products could be made on a, on a technical and engineering level. So this just kind of had everything. Um, like I joked, as like I was surprised this doesn't have like a Gimlet miniseries podcast <laughs> written about this product and this story of how this this pen was because that's what it was like. It was it was it seemed like it had to be at least twelve months. I didn't look at the the total entirety of the the drama. Probably over a year's worth of just dramatics, and uh, it it took a while to to shake all the way out. But uh, I think it was in the end, uh, ten years, oh, nine years later, we're we're in a good place. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, maybe this had to happen. Yeah, I mean, it could be easily argued though that it started a revolution. Yeah, like, for sure. Stationary products, for sure. Yeah, because in 2011 they did like 280 grand. Like yeah. that's. That was outrageous at the time. It's outrageous today, but at the time, that was especially crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think like this, the glyph was a big one, mm-hmm. right? Like they're like some of the really early on products that made Kickstarter a, a, what seemed like a legitimate uh, business like proposition. Yeah, people. you can go back. Kickstarter did what they they called the almost like these Kickstarter founder projects. There's a special name they have for them. And uh, the pen type A and CWT, CWT were, were one of those companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess maybe along with Studio Need. And they, they picked like eight or ten companies when they did their anniversary projects that were kind of like the leaders at the time that they launched the thing. So it's pretty cool. The Retro 51 Pink Robots, which is the pen you made, uh, <laughs> is on the list. Yeah, you skipped one, but we'll go back to it. Oh, uh, I keep next. doing that today. You've done that a lot today, mm-hmm. so I don't know what's wrong. You need to get your eyes checked or something. Yeah, so it's like I don't know that a Retro 51, a specific Retro 51 would make the list other than this one. And I disagree with you horrifically. <laughs> well, like in a a needle mover type of way, and maybe there is something that Look I'm, I'm overlooking. Look at all of the Kickstarter pens that use the Schmidt refill. Sure. None sure, of sure. those would exist without the Retro 51. Well, maybe I should have just listed the refill. I think honestly, the refill would have been a good list, but I think the, the Retro Fifty One is a, is a good product to put on mm-hmm. here for mm-hmm. its design, its prolificness, mm-hmm. um, and for 
really showing the world like one of the best refills that you could buy, which has then started like a whole subculture of other pens that use it. Yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's a good one. I think that's totally would have been a great choice for this. So by proxy, I did the, the Retro 51 Pink Robots because I love this pen so much. I'm really proud of um, all the buttons it pushed for everyone um, on this design. And Matthew's help with this was uh, fantastic. And it enabled me to tell stories. And I love products that you can tell a story about. And I just have a fondness for this pen, even though it's mine. And, you know, that's a little bit self-serving in a list like this. Um, I'm okay with that <laughs> because I'm really proud of the product. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's great. And, you know, I wanted to put something like that in there. So there you have it. Uh, the Pla- Platinum 3776 Kampu, which is, you mentioned this already. Yeah. So we talked about with, like, the Jay Herban, how that was the start of the shimmer ink revolution i think the platinum 3777 3776 kumpu is at the peak of platinum's you know foray into limited edition high quality pens they were for the longest time a very basic pen maker in my opinion you know they had some very standard safe products that you know, appealed to a lot of people. But once you get into the pen addict world, you realize there is a whole world of products out there that may fit your your personal style and aesthetic better. And Platinum was kind of the last one to figure this out. And then they started slowly changing it, like in the early to mid, you know, 2010s, trying to do some limited editions and then like they did this lake limited edition that were all very pretty, but they were all kind of clear barreled and they each had kind of different bits, you know, that made each barrel stand out. And then they started with like, you had the, the Nice Levon and they had the Nice Lilas and then they had the Shunko. I was like, Oh, platinum's getting it now. Like they're, they're getting it. They're, they're turned it around a little bit. Not that they had to, but in the, conversation around the big three Japanese pin makers Pilot, Sailor, and Platinum. Platinum was a consistent third. They were risking irrelevance. Yeah. And then they've just been on this upswing and I think the Kumpu was the culmination of that upswing. This was a beautiful pin that resonated with everybody. Sold out almost immediately. is impossible to get. And just kind of set them you know, set their story as being a player now in the big three right alongside platinum uh platinum pilot and sailor so i think they're you know all maybe on a more equivalent playing field when sailor and pilot were out ahead of platinum for a while and i think the kumpu was finally that point where they kind of reached peak the peak of mount fuji if you will um and i'm interested to see they now they have to keep it up right so can they keep it up we'll see Star Wars pens. <laughs> yeah, those exist. Shown Design 01 from 2012. This is very similar to the Kaveco Lilliput in that these are very specific Brad pens, right? I like the small pen. And what was funny about this one is I skipped this one when it came out. Usually this is something I would jump on. 
um, you know, a small pocket pen made of metal that can fit, you know, like a Fisher Space Pen refill, or in the case of the Lily, put a fountain pen, uh, whichever. It was like, okay, it's like, I see it. You know, I see you, Kickstarter, and I don't know if I need this. And then I started seeing them more, and I started trying them more, and I was like, okay, maybe I'm missing something here. Let me get one of my own. So I just ordered one off the website, I think, at the time. Just a basic black one. I was like, oh, I get it. Like, the fit and the quality um, and the the machining on these pens is, is perfect, and it's exactly what I want in a pocket EVC pen. It's everything I want. And then you and I met Ian for the first time in person at the DC pen show. Was that 2017, I guess? And that's when he started doing the anodization. So he started doing all these gone from like black and, you know, silver pens to just wild, crazy colors. And now I end up, I have like three of these pens and I just love them. They have come in cool colors. They really fit me. I think, um, the pocket design is great. And I also wanted small makers to be represented on this list because I think if there's any story to be told in the stationary world is the the rise of the the small maker during this time frame. And this isn't to single anyone out necessarily or to leave anyone else out. You know, I could have done an entire small maker list, top 10 easily. Um, you know, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that too. But I just think it's a good story to tell about this last decade about individuals making cool things that turned them into, into companies of their own. So I think it's just a, it's a great pen and it's a great story and it deserves to be on this list. And then also we have, I I think this is the last one, right? The Twisby yes. Eco from 2015, yeah. which is, yeah, like just a fantastic, really, just like a really excellent pen. Yeah, I had to think, of, I didn't, I knew the product should be on here, but like writing about it, I was like, well, what do you say about the Twisby Eco? Like we brag on it for like, it's a great entry level fountain pen, but I think it kind of righted the ship for Twisby, if you will. Not that they were sinking or doing anything you know, crazy, but they had, you know, they had a lot of issues in the first many, many years of their company and people swore them off. Like I will never buy a Twisby again because of of a lot of quality issues that they had early on. I never experienced really those issues. So I kept kind of plugging away on on the brand and kept trying all the new things that they made. And I enjoyed them. The, The eco was different in that it was such a high quality pen for such a lower price point than the rest of their pens that it was almost, it's almost shocking how good that pen is for the price, like a value proposition. And I even wrote to the effect that they may have cannibalized their own like 580 brand, which is twice the price. Why would you necessarily recommend the 580? You know, there's differences, you know, the nibs a little bit different and, you know, a few little um, designs and hardware designs and, and things like that are different, but still it's pretty close. And this is like a $30 pen. And that's what gets me every time I pick up this pen that this is a $30 pen and I'm fine using it right alongside like my Aurora Optima Flex, which is like a $500 pen or whatever. You know, it's they're the same category of. I enjoy writing with this pen pen. You know, that's the category it's in. You know, it doesn't have to do with price. It's just freaking good. And, you know, I think Twisby knows it. They've 
gone all in on the eco. They're doing all kinds of designs and colors. Like it's it's the star of the lineup now. And I don't know that they intended it to be because it's at a lower price point than all kinds of other pens that they sell. But do you see any movement on the, you know, the top end of their lineup, which, you know, is less than a hundred dollars oh, still, but I have to say, like, like this, this is point, what they're doing. Is anyone really focusing on that? Like their low end is so good. Right. I don't know what the value proposition is for a higher end Twisby in 2019, mm. 2020. Yep. I know. It's like, they're going to have to, like they did, um, what they do earlier this year, I forget what it's called, like that Aurora Borealis looking one, the green one. Um, oh, you know, yeah. That was unique, but it was so limited. Like they're going to have to do more of Wasn't that. Wasn't that the one that had like a large body, but like a super small nib? Yes. Is that it? Yeah. 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 It was a black nib. We got to see it in Atlanta from our friend Kat. She had mm-hmm. one and let us uh, use it. And it's great. Um, but that one was like a hundred, maybe low hundreds. And like, that's fine. I could see them doing more of that, but you still have to answer the eco question. It's like a, it's like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing where they made such a good pen here. They now have to answer, you know, if they make a hundred dollar pen, it's like, well, is it as good as the eco? It's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. It might not be. <laughs> yeah. But then as you say, like the, the, the overall trend of this decade has been the increase in small companies. Yes. Right. And that's what I'm here for, like, right? This is what is, I enjoy the most. Yeah, me too. Like I enjoy my favorite price point is zero to thirty dollars. You know, in mm, as far that as wasn't what I was go. talking about, but but like I, I know I meant but, more yeah, like the but, the independent companies making cr- acrylics and turning pens in beautiful and wonderful ways. But I also yeah. get your point. Well, no, that's that's yeah, that's a sorry, that was I did miss the point there. But like I was saying earlier, when I was talking about the show and design pen, I could make a top ten list of that, you know, Brooks and Newton and mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I you hate reeling off those names because you know you're gonna leave someone out. You know, I'd put Notco in there and just all yes. these things. Like this is why I enjoy that independent maker. Um and I enjoy the accessible price points is maybe what I should should talk about, where you can get something that's super unique, super um, you know, perfect fit for you as a person, as a style, and at a price point that's reasonable. Even if it's a you know a three hundred dollar Brooks pen, that's still you can't get that from you know necessarily from Mont Blanc or something or Pelican. You know, you can't get that perfect pen that's for you, and you can get that from these makers. And uh, that has definitely been a boon to us as a community in this past decade. What a wonderful way to end the decade. Yes. Yes. And it's it, it's not our last show of the decade, is it, though? No, we have one more episode next week. Are you uh, sure? What? You're like, what? Yeah, one yeah, more. <laughs> one more next week, which is going to be next Thursday. So it's a slight schedule change. Yeah, schedule update. And then we'll be back again on the 2nd. And on the 2nd, we're going to talk about our 2020 journaling plans. Yes. Yeah, I'm anxious to talk about that. Mm. I'm, I'm, I've got things. I've got all kinds of things to talk Good. about on that. So yeah, next week we'll go on. We'll record on Thursday because I have a sudden engagement that I need to attend to. I'll be out of town for a few days uh, early in the week, so I won't be back in time to record Wednesday. We'll record Thursday. We'll get that out to you, and then we'll take Christmas off, and then we'll be back on Thursday again, January, January 2nd. the second, um, at our normal time. Mm-hmm. In 2020. Wow. So fast. 
If you want to find the show notes for this week, relay.fm slash penaddict slash 389, or you can find them in your show notes, you can find them in your podcast app of choice as well. You can find Brad, he's a, online, a bunch of places, penaddict.com, knock.co, twitch.tv slash penaddict, dowdyism on Twitter, penaddict on Instagram. I'm iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. This show is a part of Relay FM. If you're listening to this show, go take a look at some other shows. We have relay.fm slash shows where you can find something else to tickle your fancy. Thanks to Squarespace and Harry's for their support of this episode. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>